Good morning everyone, my name's Lois and I'm part of the leadership team at Oxford Community Church. Such a warm welcome to you this morning, uh, wherever you are, and to anyone who's joining us for the first time, a special warm welcome to you. Um, I'm going to speak for about 20 minutes and I'm following on from what's gone before. We've been in a series uh, looking at Paul's letter to the Philippians. And this week I'm going to be looking at Philippians chapter 4 verses 2 to 9. So if you have a Bible then do go and get it but if you don't it's okay. I'm going to read out uh, the short passage uh, in a moment. But firstly I just wanted to ask you a question. What does it look like and feel like to be at peace? What does it look like and feel like to be at peace? Well, peace is something that we all crave and need. And especially at the moment, there's just this strong desire for peace when we're in the middle of a time of crisis. Maybe you're also going through something of a personal crisis. And um, because of that, sometimes we can think that peace is about calming ourselves down. Um, peace is somehow us trying to uh, rest properly and uh, stop getting so het up about stuff. Um, or we can think that peace is only possible once we've been rescued from our particular situation. Peace is something far off in the distance. And uh, uh, to quote my friend Bex, uh, who said to me recently, that is second best peace. Um, there is a different kind of peace that is actually available to us. And the passage we're about to read talks about the peace of God. The peace of God which surpasses our understanding. Amazing, powerful peace that we can experience even in the middle of a crisis. And that's the kind of peace that's available to us in God. But before we look at the passage, uh, just if you're listening and you're feeling particularly troubled, uh, why don't you just still yourself and I'll pray for us as we begin. God of peace. Uh, we know we don't even need to look at this passage to receive the peace that you have. And I just want to speak a release of your peace over all of us, that we might experience it together as we look at this passage. And it's a peace that surpasses understanding. It makes no sense that we can feel peace even at this time. Come and help us, Lord God, we pray. Amen. Okay, so let's read the passage together. Philippians chapter 4, verse 2. Starts with some Greek sounding names. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. So we're going to look at this peace, uh, which is a spiritual reality available in God. It's not an emotion, although it impacts our emotions. It's a spiritual reality available in God. And I've got three main points. Firstly, that the peace of God is not held back by our circumstances. Secondly, that the peace of God involves laying down worry. And lastly, the peace of God is available in God. It's, you know, not the best wording, but it was the best I could do. The peace of God is available in God. So firstly, then the peace of God is not held back by our circumstances. I think it's really natural for us to think once all of this is over, then I'll have peace. Once this circumstance has come to an end, then I'll be able to attain some level of peace. And that's not what the peace of God is. The peace of God is not held off at a distance. Um, so this whole passage is kicked off with a conflict, isn't it, between two women uh, in the Philippian church. And it must have been a significant conflict because Paul mentions it. He doesn't mention people by name very often. And this is an unusual situation and it must have been big. It must have been threatening to really disturb and tear apart this Philippian church community. And I don't know if you've experienced that kind of conflict, but it is awful. You just feel, I mean, talk about robbing you of peace. You just feel ugh, right in the core of your being. You're right in the middle of it. And what's really interesting to me is that Paul doesn't say, all right, tell me who said what, tell me who started it, outline the, the main events for me and so I can roll up my sleeves and, and sort this out. And that probably is quite annoying for those two women who, for whom, you know, they're, they're, that's what they want. They're at loggerheads. They're like, I need a way out of this. I want you to tell me who's right I want to know if I've won. But but Paul doesn't say that. Paul says, be of one mind. It's annoying. So what we learn about the peace of God is peace doesn't come after the conflict is resolved. It's peace that resolves the conflict. Yeah. Peace doesn't come after the conflict is resolved. It's peace that resolves the conflict. So peace isn't held back by circumstances. Somehow peace 
which is available all the time, can shape the outcome. And we're given this indication as well through this phrase uh, that the peace of God, which surpasses understanding or transcends understanding. And why does it surpass understanding? Because for the very fact that we can experience it in the middle of our problems, it doesn't make sense. How can I know peace in the middle of my problems and also in the midst of my emotions? So you can have just lost a loved one and know the peace of God. And that isn't a a twee peace. It's not diminishing your pain. It doesn't take away your grief either. It sits with you. It weaves in a gentle strength, a gentle hope. You can be on your way to a hospital uh, for a shift where you're going to be treating COVID-19 patients and quite understandably feeling scared about that. Peace doesn't make you pretend that you aren't scared. Peace doesn't remove the danger. It can walk with you, helping you put one foot in front of the other. God is with me. You can feel righteous anger and know God's peace at the same time. For those of you who have been feeling incredibly angry about racism, uh, I just wanted to say to you, the peace of God is on you. Um, Many of us seem to think that um, peace is about calming ourselves down balancing ourselves out or balancing other people out and uh, that's understandable because uh, when we experience peace we do experience a profound sense of calm but that is not the whole picture nowhere near that you can be marching angrily quite rightly and be completely in the will of God and be completely in the power of his peace. Peace surpasses understanding. It coexists with strong emotion. And this really matters because we can stop ourselves from experiencing this kind of peace. Uh, We don't want second best peace, do we? We want the peace of God right in the middle of our problems and our challenges. So that's my first point. Second point is the peace of God involves laying down worry. The passage says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So when we experience trouble, there's a moment when we have to choose to lay down worry. And the word anxiety is very loaded um, in our day and age. 
and we just need to be really careful that the wrong thing isn't said here um, because if you're suffering from anxiety with a capital A it might actually be quite hurtful for you to um, have to uh, listen to the suggestion that you should be able to just easily stop yourself uh, from feeling anxious. That's not what's going on here although God does have hope for people who suffer from anxiety. Um, this word means fretting, worrying. Jesus uses exactly the same word when he says, do not worry about anything. Um, it means to keep going over old ground by yourself in your own mind. And this passage quite simply says, God doesn't want you to fret alone. He wants to hear all about it. Um, and more importantly, uh, according to this passage, something spiritual happens when you do. Um, in fact, two things happen. Firstly, in presenting our request to God, we're saying, I depend on you for the outcome. You present your requests to God and he is powerful to respond and to act to those requests. That's something spiritual that goes on. But secondly, there's an exchange that takes place. It says, as we lay down our worries and pray, we enter into the peace of God. As we pray, the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. There's this amazing exchange. That's a spiritual thing that happens. And when I was praying, I just had a picture um, I've discovered, um, I won't ex explain exactly why, but over the last few years I've discovered that if you leave a glass of water for long enough, it will grow mould on top. Um, and uh, the picture I had was a glass of mouldy water. Um, that's what happens with worry. Um, something that's supposed to be refreshing um, gets stagnant. We're not able to be refreshed by it. Nothing new or fresh is coming in. We're going over the old stuff. But every time we go to God, we get a freshly poured glass of spring water. Every single time we get a freshly poured glass of spring water and that spring never runs dry never runs dry so when we're troubled there's hope for us there's an invitation to lay down worry tell God how we feel and we get to enter into his peace this spiritual reality if you're listening and you haven't tried praying before maybe you like the idea of it but you never have give it a go something spiritual happens it's not just about asking for things just pay attention to how you feel and uh, what you receive um, as much as you pay attention to what you say. So that's the peace of God involving laying down worry. And my final point is the peace of God is available in God. Both times peace is mentioned in this passage, uh, it's attached to the identity of God. So it says the peace of God and the God of peace. It's who he is. 
So if we want it, we need him. If we want it, we need him. We don't want second best peace. We want his peace. So what does that involve? We've talked about prayer and the importance of coming to God um, with how we're doing and depending on him. But there are two other things that are mentioned in this passage. Firstly, in verse four, it says, rejoice in the Lord. I will say it again, rejoice. And something that we can be tempted to do when we're looking for quick peace is to make ourselves feel better by focusing on the positive things. Um, And don't get me wrong, that can be helpful. It's kind of like, oh, I've got oxygen in my lungs. Thank you, God, for that sandwich, you know. But this is about deep peace, yeah? We're looking for deep peace here. And it's saying, it's not saying just rejoice. It's saying rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. There's something about rejoicing in God himself that releases peace. Not in what you have. Rejoicing in the one who gave it to you. In him. This is called worship. Worship allows us to celebrate who God is. And he is amazing. And in doing that, we also celebrate who we are as his beloved children. He loves us. There is something just inherently powerful in reminding ourselves about Jesus. He is our saviour. He is our brother. He is our friend. He went to extraordinary lengths to enable us to access all there is in God. One of those things is peace. Rejoicing in the Lord reminds us of our new identity in Jesus as children of a powerful God. And that brings us to a place of peace. So prayer brings us to dependence. Worship establishes identity, the identity of God and our identity. Um, But lastly, meditation brings God's perspective. Meditation brings God's perspective. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is about having eyes to see the kingdom of God, where God is actually at work. The things that ring true, even in the darkness. The people who are inspired to nobility, even as lots of others aren't. Our experience of peace is impacted by what we consume and meditate on. I was talking to Jesus recently about how I feel and how I feel is pretty bogged down, if I'm honest. Um, and it's a it's a conundrum because partly I'm bogged down because I want to engage with what's going on in the world at the moment. And that's a really good thing. But I'm also bogged down because of what's going on in the world at the moment. And I read the news a lot And I'm on Twitter. I only follow comedians, but I mean, at the moment, no comedians have anything particularly funny to say. Um, 
and there's just so much going on. Um, and as I was talking to Jesus, he showed me a picture of uh, a fun fair. And, uh, and it was very noisy and colourful and there were lots of bright flashing lights. Um, and he said, Lois, there's a lot going on out there and not all of it is as fun as it seems. Bit of an understatement, but helpful. There's a lot going on out there and not all of it is as fun as it seems. I don't need to consume it all. It's not all good for me. I can stay in touch with what's going on, but still ensure that the stuff that goes in, <laughs> there's more going in from the word of God and from what he has to say and from what's he, what he's doing than there is all the other stuff. That's really important. It's not all praiseworthy. It's not all true and it's not all noble. So maybe you're not seeing that at the moment and um, I don't blame you. Um, it's quite difficult to see the good things that are going on. But here's the thing. God's kingdom is always advancing. God is always at work. And this passage says to us that actually we have to meditate on those things in order to really receive the peace of God, in order to actually, actually believe the truth that he is at work, he is good, peace is available, the kingdom is advancing. So let's meditate. So peace is available in our circumstances. Just encourage you, if you're troubled at the moment, um, just expect something from God. Take it to him, tell him how you're feeling really honestly and just say, okay, God, what do you have to give me now? And just receive. Let's lay down worry as a choice and choose instead to pray, to worship God and to meditate on his kingdom and what out there is praiseworthy and a blessing. And the God of peace will be with us. Let's receive that as a promise.